several years ago, I was uh, in Lowe's, and uh, I was getting some screws and some electrical outlets and stuff like that, and uh, I looked up, I saw this guy skipping through the store. Now, Lowe's isn't the kind of place you skip through, you know. It's not the kind of thing that you expect. I mean, in the middle of stressed-out contractors, home improvement wannabes, I'm watching this guy skipping through the store, and I thought, wow, looks like he's having fun. I thought, when was the last time I ever skipped? You know, I was probably about his age, five or six years old. You thought I was talking about a 47-year-old, right? (laughs) But this little boy was skipping through the store. And uh, I I thought, it's been a long time since I've skipped. And I had kind of this insane desire to skip with him. Now, I know, I don't look like a skipper, right? (laughs) I'm surrounded by non-skippers. But I kind of threw common sense to the wind, and I gave a quick look because I wanted to make sure nobody knew me, you know. And I cut loose and skipped an entire aisle with this little boy. And the little boy, he, he was just jazzed. I mean, he got a kick, kick out of it. I get to the end of the aisle, and a guy comes around the corner, and he goes, Dr. Talkington. He goes, you're very multi-talented. Now, I do not know if he was talking about the electrical outlets or the fact that I could skip. But, he, you know, it was one of, one of those moments, and I'll remember, it was years ago. Later on, I was up toward the cash register, and uh, that family was checking out. And I could see the little boy. He's pointing at me. And I could kind of make out what he was saying. He's like, that guy was skipping with me. And his parents look at me with just this kind of look. And uh, I went like that and uh little boy he gave me thumb thumbs up and uh i don't ever expect that they'll attend a church that i pastor but you know that's neither here nor there two thousand years ago i want you to imagine some people were visiting a cemetery and amidst all the gloom all the despair all the apparent failure They find the empty tomb of Jesus. And an angel tells them that Jesus is no longer there. That he has risen from the dead just as he had promised. And suddenly, in that graveyard, it was a beautiful day. Hearts were changed. In fact, everything changed. And I'm just guessing, but when I read the scriptures, I kind of picture the people skipping through the graveyard. Because skipping isn't so much something you do with your feet in life, but it has to do with the condition of your heart. When when your heart gets so full of joy, you feel like it's going to explode. You ever had that kind of feeling in your life? I mean, I have those moments every once in a while. A couple years ago, last seconds of the Super Bowl and the Steelers catch it. And I was like, yeah! When uh, Miggy got voted off Biggest Loser, I was like, yes! 
How many have been watching the NCAA tournament? Woo! Anybody when Butler won yesterday go, yes! Yeah. <laughs> no. My Kentucky Wildcats went down early, so. But there's just something about those, those moments. It's when you get that promotion that you've been working for for many years. It's when you hold your child for the very first time. You know, it's when the doctor walks in and he meets with the family and says, we got it all. It's when God said, you're forgiven. Your slate's wiped clean. You no longer have to live on that conveyor belt. Eternity in heaven is yours. You know, one of Jesus' best friends was Simon Peter. Now, Simon Peter was a rugged fisherman. Not exactly the kind of guy you expect to skip. In fact, uh, Jesus named him Rocky, you know, gave him as a nickname. That doesn't sound like a guy that's going to skip through life. But Peter was one of these guys that was impulsive. He was prone to act before he really thought things out. In fact, oftentimes we find Peter, and he, he felt the full weight of his failures in life. Peter understood. He understood what it was like to be a peep on that conveyor belt. You're not going to pass inspection. Your failures are going to get cast aside. Peter was a guy that needed grace in his life. He needed to know that, that forgiveness that God promised. He needed a fresh start. In fact, I would argue Peter needed to learn how to skip again. And I believe when Peter encountered that empty tomb, his heart felt like it was going to explode. He felt like his heart might skip a peep or something like that. But it says this. What a God we have. And how fortunate we are to have him. This father of our master, Jesus. Because Jesus was raised from the dead, we've been given a brand new life and have everything to live for, including a future in heaven. And the future starts now. God is keeping careful watch over us in the future. The day is coming when you'll have it all, life healed and whole. Peter's saying because of that empty tomb, it's a beautiful day in life. It changes everything. There was another guy by the name of Saul. Saul's kind of the big man on campus. The Jewish community all looked up to him. And he was a strong guy. In fact, he was very legalistic. He was opinionated. He, he, he was powerful in both his stature and speech. And Paul was a Pharisee. That meant that he persecuted Christians. He executed the followers of Jesus. Seriously, not the kind of guy you'd think would go skipping. But when Saul encountered the risen Christ, I mean, that had such an impact on his life. He changed his name. He says, I'm going to be Paul. Changed everything. Changed the trajectory of his life. It moved him in a new direction. This is one of my favorite passages. But Paul writes, he says, what then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? 
He who did not withhold his own son but gave him up for us all, will he not with him also give us everything else? Who will bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who's to condemn? It is Christ Jesus who died, yes, was raised, who's at the right hand of God, who indeed intercedes for us. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will hardship, distress, persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? Then on in 37 says, No, in all these things we're more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor power, nor height, nor depth, nor anything in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of Christ Jesus our Lord. Friends, because of the resurrection, it's a beautiful day. Because of the resurrection, there's a better way to live. You know, because of the resurrection, because of Jesus Christ, it changes everything. You know, I believe when Christ infiltrates your life, that all of a sudden your life, you begin to have full of vision, full of hope, you know, full of hope. Because why? That's where where you get full of vision in life. And it kind of goes round and round. And I believe when your life's full of hope and vision... That's when your heart feels like it's going to explode. That's when it makes you want to skip. It makes you want to move in a new direction. Why? Because it's changed everything. Do you remember when you were in school and uh, it was report card day? When, When I was young, elementary age, I dreaded it. I dreaded it because reality was about to come home. And I did not come skipping home from school, you know. Mom, Dad, got my report card. Mm -mm. I mean, I wanted to skip, but I wanted to skip town at that point. (laughs) And so here's what I want to do today. Do a little bit of grading, a little bit of uh, assessing in, in your life. You know, how much are you allowing the resurrection of Jesus Christ to impact your life? I mean, let's look at attitudes today, you know, perspective, because I believe one of the biggest decisions you make on a a daily basis is about attitude. It's a decision we make every single day when we get out of bed. You know, am I going to be a negative person? Am I going to be cynical? Am I going to be grumpy? Or am I going to be a positive force? Am I going to be an encourager to my family? my co-workers, my friends, the people that are in my life. What kind of person are you? Are, are you a half-empty person or a half-full? Don't elbow each other, okay? But which one are you? I have some good friends uh, Probably the most positive people I know, Sandy and Van, and um, they uh, weren't always like that. The fact is, when they encountered Jesus Christ and bowed a knee to him, it changed everything in their life. It changed their perspective. It changed their attitude. You know, they tell the story that right after becoming a Christian, that they built a new home 
And a month after they moved in that place, it burned to the ground. Now, they could have went around and said, you know, why us? Why us? We're, we're trying to follow you, God. We're trying to do the right things in life. But that's not what they said. When they would tell the story, they would say, if it hadn't been for that phone call in the middle of the night, we probably would have died. God saved our life that night. Instead of why me, it was thank you, God. Here's what I believe in life. You'll have things like that happen. What are you going to be? Positive? See, I believe you can be positive because of Jesus Christ. Any Cub fans in the house? <laughs> I'm a Pirate fan, so we're, we're down there with you. But um, Cub fans, there's something I figured out about them. They're very positive people. They, they are. <laughs> True? I mean, they haven't won a pennant since 1908. The last time they won a pennant, cars were a new invention. People were trying to figure out what they were. We've been through two world wars. Communism has risen and collapsed. Disco has come and gone and come back again. And I love what Jack Brickhouse, he was a play-by-play guy for him. He said, everyone's entitled to a bad century. Attitude. Hang in there, Cub fans, one of these days. But how's your attitude in life? I believe when you have a relationship with God, it impacts your attitude, or it should. Peter writes, in this you rejoice, even if now for a little while you've had to suffer various trials. I mean, you can, you can grumble through life, you can complain, you can, you can blame God, you can stomp around, throw a fit, you can make excuses about life, you can let life wear you down. Or, you can let the resurrection change your perspective, you can let the resurrection change your attitude. You know, Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians, he says, therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly. We're wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what's seen, but on what's unseen. For what is seen is temporary. But what is unseen is eternal. See, it's a perspective. I mean, I believe that's an attitude changer. You can't always choose what life throws at you. But you can decide what kind of attitude you're going to have. You know, you listen to to Paul. He uh, was an innocent man. He's sitting in prison. Ultimately would die for the faith. And And he writes in Philippians, he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say what? Rejoice couple of verses down, he says, do not worry about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds and keep you skipping 
in Christ Jesus. I added the skipping part, but it, it's, it's that sense of excitement, sense of joy. You know, a relationship with Jesus Christ changes everything. It changes how you deal with life. It changes your attitude. It changes your perspective on who you are. I mean, assess your identity for a minute. Who are you? Who are you? That's an important question to understand. I mean, that's where you find purpose in life. That's where you find meaning in life. That's where you gain a strong sense of who you are. You know why? Because you know whose you are. You know who you belong to. You're no longer a cosmic accident. You realize that you have a creator, that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. That changes your perspective. No longer is life about me, 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 me. No, it changes my perspective because I understand my identity is found in my relationship with God, with Jesus Christ. John, he writes, Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following them. You can almost miss this. This is an amazing verse, in my opinion. Because John, John is writing about himself. John calls himself the disciple whom Jesus loved. See, he understood identity. He understood who he belonged to. He says, so the love the Father has given us, that we should be called children of God. Children of God. And that is what we are. He wanted us to understand that. We are children of God. God loves us. God cares about us. God wants the very best for us. How many parents here? How many parents want to see the best for their kids? I mean, doesn't mean we always do things right. Doesn't mean we don't make mistakes. But we want the best for our kids. God created us fearfully and wonderfully. God created us with, with a purpose. God wants the best for us in life. And when you understand who you are, it's because you understand whose you are, who you belong to. Because when you understand that, you you quit trying to compare yourself to other people. You quit beating yourself up. You quit trying to copy other people. You quit trying to please everyone, which you can't do, by the way. And you just try and please God. And all of a sudden, when you do that, life shifts. You become less consumed Less consumed with the outward appearance. Less consumed with popularity. Less consumed about what a horrible person you are or your struggles. You become less consumed about, oh no, am I going to get picked off the conveyor belt? And you just try to be the person that God created you to be. And friends, when you figure that out, It helps you know where you're going. I mean, do you know where you're going today? Have you asked the really hard questions like, 
Are you living today? Or are you just surviving? Are, are you dreaming? Or are you just going through the motions? As you look at the past year, just think over the past year. Are you moving in a positive direction? Or are you just spinning your wheels? You know, how are your passions? How's your passion level for life? How's your satisfaction level in life? Because when you encounter the risen Christ, when you connect with God, I believe it ignites the passion in us. That all of a sudden we begin to understand what we were created for, for, that we have a purpose on purpose that was given by God. You know, little by little, what happens is God begins to infiltrate every area of our life and you start living different. Every person here is full of vision. Every person here, God has created with, with hopes and dreams. It is God-given. It's in your DNA. You, you dream of a better life for yourself. You dream of a better day. You imagine that somehow, somewhere, that when you lay this down at the end of this life, that you've made a difference in the world. But friends, I would argue, if you live life without Jesus Christ, you live life without a relationship with God, that life gets reduced to the same old thing. Do you know what I'm talking about? You know, you get up at the same old time every day. The same old alarm clock goes off. You crawl out of the same old bed. You go to the same old bathroom, look in the same old mirror at the same old face, brush the same old teeth, head to the same old kitchen, get the same old cup, and pour the same old coffee. Watch the same old channel or read the same old newspaper. Kiss the same old wife. (laughs) Sorry, honey. (laughs) Head the same old way to the same old job. Sit at the same old desk. Get back in the same old car. Head back the same old way to the same old house. Crawl into the same old chair, fall asleep the same old way, watching the same old TV, get up, go to the same old bed, kiss the same old wife, set the same old alarm clock, and do it all over again the same old way. And what I just described, we laugh about. But there are a lot of people who think that's living. And I can tell you it's not. It's not what God designed us for. When you encounter Jesus Christ, it changes everything. It changes where you're going and how you get there. You find yourself living a different way. You find yourself asking God to just show you. You know, show you what God wants to do with you. To just say, God, show me what you want to do with my life. Show me. It changed Paul. 
abruptly changed Paul. Paul writes, he says, for we are God's masterpieces. He doesn't say junk, masterpieces. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do good things he planned for us long ago. God has a plan, and it's not the same old, same old, same old. In fact, Paul would say, dream. Begin to dream. Begin to to understand that, that God can use you, that God can make a difference with you, that God will use you in a significant way and make your life count. And here's what I have found. The longer I walk with God, the closer I get to God. If I am willing to, to give God control and I'm willing to trust God, when I do that, God uses me. And what I have found over time as I make that a practice in my life and my relationship deepens, I find that passions are ignited. I find that confidence grows. I find that courage begins to develop because of what happened in the graveyard. The disciples thought they could do anything after that. Book of Acts records, it says, the officials were amazed to see how brave Peter and John were. And they knew that these two apostles were ordinary men, not well-educated. The officials were certain that these men had been with Jesus. The officials, these were the men that plotted to kill Jesus. And they watched... Peter and John. And they were amazed that these disciples had courage. I mean, where'd they get the courage from? Well, I would argue that it was from watching Jesus and connecting with Jesus. That they they watched the trial of Jesus. They watched as he was mocked and, and tortured. They watched Jesus die a horrible death on the cross. And three days later, he walked out of the grave just like he said he would. And that encounter changed everything for them. It gave them courage to do everything that they needed to do. I believe that's what happens when you encounter the risen Christ. You know, there's something that that happens inside you when you're no longer worried about getting snagged off the conveyor belt because you just don't match up. Because the reality is none of us do. We're flawed. But there's something about knowing that God loves us, how and who we are. You know, there's something about not being afraid of death, not being afraid of situations, that, that it changes everything. There's something about knowing that God's by our side that elevates your your courage, that elevates that joy in life. I mean, let me ask you something. This is a critical question. Where do you put your faith? Where do you put your faith? I've got a friend, uh, he said when he was little, he would go spend the night at his grandpa's. And that his grandpa... Every time he went, they would go to the backyard and they would take Cheerios and throw them around in the yard. And his grandpa told him those were donut seeds. 
He said the next morning, and he didn't know this when he was little, but his grandpa would go to the grocery store, buy donuts, and he would go out in the backyard and he'd put donuts all over in the backyard, you know, jelly donuts and, you know. He said they'd get up, him and his brother, and they would race to the backyard to pick donuts. It messed him up really bad. <laughs> I was like. <laughs> they said they would sit there and eat breakfast. And um, he said, I believed it was true. I mean, for years. Because Grandpa said it. Friends, faith. Faith is being sure of what is hoped for in life because of who said it. Paul writes, he says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. For whoever would approach him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Jesus would say, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Huge question. Do you believe this? See, Jesus understood. It was the pivotal question. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? That is a question for the ages. That is a question of faith. That is a question that changes your life. That's a question that marks eternity ultimately. I mean, I've never seen Jesus with my own eyes. But my observation, my experience has been when you encounter the risen Christ, when you have a relationship with God, It changes everything. It's no longer life on that conveyor belt. It's no longer wondering, wondering if you measure up, wondering if you are worth anything, wondering where you're going to end up when you leave this world, wondering anything about eternity. Because Jesus Christ died on the cross to set that record straight, to erase your record and mine. And just in case, you're thinking, is that possible? I mean, is that really possible to live that way? Jesus Christ walked out of the grave to show you it was possible. And what I have found is the same thing that, that Peter and John and Mary found when they were in that graveyard that day. It's the same thing that that Paul found on that road to Damascus. It's what I've found in my life when I encounter the empty tomb of the risen Savior. It changes absolutely everything. It takes life to a whole new level, a whole new plane. Now here's what I know is I've been talking. Some of you have been listening And some of you are thinking, I'm missing something. And you know, you know what you're missing. You know you're missing Jesus Christ in your life. You know you're missing a relationship with God in your life. And I want to encourage you 
to make today the day that you make Jesus Christ Savior and Lord of your life. Jesus died for you. He he wants to be a part of your life. He wants to, to give you the life that you've been looking for. You know, you're not going to find it in the club scene or alcohol, drugs, money, popularity, power, whatever. Life is found in Jesus Christ. Some of you need to take that step. Some of you, as I was talking, in your mind, you're going, well, I know Jesus. But as I was listening to you, Jesus hasn't had that kind of impact in my life. You know, as you were listening, in your mind you're going, that's just not true in my life. In fact, if you were honest, there was a point where you realized that that impact's been pretty minimal. And maybe, maybe you're wondering why that is. And I'm going to say this as politely as I can. It is possible, it is quite possible to know Jesus, to know all about Jesus. In other words, you got all the facts down. But I would argue that you can know Jesus and know about Jesus and not have a relationship with Jesus. And you know why I know that? Because if there hasn't been a change, and you're sitting there going, but I know Jesus, but my life hasn't changed a lot. I know you don't have a relationship because when you encounter the risen Christ, it changes everything, absolutely everything in your life. Do you know Jesus? Do you have a relationship? You can't afford to live life without him. And I'd encourage you to take that step to start living. I mean, really living today. Make it make a difference. Just let him be Lord and Savior of your life. Bow with me in a word of prayer. God, I thank you for what today represents. God, I know there are some here today that um, they've never taken that step to connect with you, to make you Lord and Savior of their life. God, I just pray that as we lift our hearts to you, that just in the silence that they would say, Lord, I want you as my Savior. God, I know there are those that have, they know all about you. God, I pray you would ignite in them a passion to connect with you, to have a relationship with you, to just bow that knee. Just say, God, I'm yours. 
God, I pray that you would hear those prayers. God, I know there are many that celebrate today. You have marked us. You have made a difference. Not only in this world, but in eternity. That It's all been turned around. God, we praise you. We thank you for that. We marvel at that love. God, we give you the glory. We give you the praise. God's people said, Amen. Friends, if Jesus Christ can kick the end out of the tomb, if he can tunnel from death to life, he can handle anything that God throws at you, anything that this world throws at you. And for that reason, I sing, I praise, I celebrate, I dance, and even sometimes I skip. Because it's a beautiful day.